This episode brought to you by Manscaped. Use code REVISITED for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. But with ample warning comes the next episode, the latest and greatest blast of the past of 80s Revisited. Our Halloween horror officially begins with our first film this year with me, your horrible host, Trey Harris, and my terrifying producer, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. As you can see, an apt description. But now we're, so like I mentioned before, the theme this year, or I mentioned late last episode, is the letter W, mainly because... I had a a couple of W movies to watch (laughs) for the podcast, and they both happened to be horror. So I thought, you know what? Let me find some more W movies that are horror from the 80s. And thankfully, there were at least two more (laughs) to fit in (laughs) to make a full month. Because we've done some other ones and everything. So, But I think it's going to be pretty fun. It ranges from kind of C movie horror to B movie horror to bottom, barely A tier horror. But we'll get to that. As we get to it, this I would definitely say is C tier, oh, despite no. having, despite having an A plus cast. Uh-huh. So basically, if you haven't seen Without Warning, uh, it's basically Predator <laughs> before oh. Predator, six years before Predator, uh, in a, with no budget. Uh, well, we'll get to it. It had a budget, but it, it all went to basically two actors for the most part and the alien head which we'll get to, but without warning originally came out in limited release, September 19th, 1980 IMDb 5.1 Rotten Tomatoes, no reviews, no audience reviews. So it has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, mainly to be fair due to the fact that it really wasn't a big movie. It was completely under the radar when it came out. So no, uh, reviewers of the time even bothered with it. Uh, I'm surprised the audience people have gone back and reviewed it, but I'm not sure how that works on, Rotten Tomatoes, maybe you have to have at least one critic review to open it up to audience review. I don't know. Or people just really don't give a shit about this movie. <laughs> Unlike us here on 80s Revisited. But anyway, the budget was estimated at just $150,000. And because it was so low budget and under the radar, pretty much, no information at all on the opening, domestic, worldwide, or even the rentals. Uh, it was directed by Graydon Clark. Pretty cool name. Uh, he also did Satan's Cheerleaders, Mothers, Fathers, and Lovers, and Skinheads. So you can tell by his uh, previous and subsequent work that uh, this was probably his high point, <laughs> I imagine. I'm not sure there's too many Satan's Cheerleaders fans out there. I'm not sure. Maybe there is. Uh, sounds more like a trauma film than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by, it took four people to write this movie. Oh, wow. Uh, Lynn Freeman, Daniel Grodnick, Steve Mathis. And Bennett Tramer. Now, Bennett Tramer's name should sound familiar for two reasons. One, Ben Tramer is a character from Halloween 2, Halloween 1. Uh, he's the one who gets hit by the car in Halloween 2, the original Halloween 2, 1981's Halloween 2, not Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. I know it gets confusing. Uh, but he also was a major writer on Saved by the Bell. <laughs> so he's only, like the best thing that this movie gave us, aside from scenery chewing Jack Palance and Martin Landau performances and introducing us to David Caruso was Bennett Tramer 
doing, uh, leading him to Save by the Bell. Anyway, cinematography, this blew my mind. Cause this, this, this film, honestly, the night stuff looks great. It, uh, by great, I mean of the time. It, look, it has that great 80s, at, 80s movie at night look. That's because it is by Dean Cundy. Of course, Halloween, Jurassic Park, Apollo 13. We just talked about him a <laughs> week or two ago on Roadhouse. So I found it shocking because <laughs> the day stuff is pretty standard. Maybe they just went with natural light. It's, I mean, it's not terrible, but it, it definitely, I would not have guessed Dean Cundy uh, just because of his uh, much better work, so to speak. So maybe he was dialing it in. But uh, the real star of the movie, stars of the movie, I should say, none other than the late, great Jack Palance as Joe. A little bit about Jack Palance, mainly because there's not a, much, not a lot of stuff about this movie to talk about for a whole episode of the podcast. But nevertheless, interesting enough, Jack Palance was actually the son of two Ukrainian immigrants. And his real name is Volodymyr Palaniuk. Hmm. Uh, he's also a one-arm push-up master. If you were a kid like me and watched the Oscars back when they were good and Billy Crystal hosted them. When he won his supporting actor award for City Slickers, he famously dropped to the ground and did one arm push ups on the stage, which became a running gag <laughs> with uh, him and Billy Crystal uh, all the years after that uh, he hosted. Uh, but of course, in terms of his acting, uh, he was uh, Grissom in Tim Burton's Batman. Uh, of course, the famous line from that movie, to me at least, you are my number one a guy. Uh, he was in Shane, on a, a famous Western. Of course, I mentioned, mentioned City Slickers. And another horror movie that he did, which is very underrated, uh, and also stars Martin Landau, which I'm about to talk about, but Alone in the Dark. Not anything to do with the video game or the film with Christian Slater directed by U.A. Bowl, but uh, and I, I'm not sure when it, Alone in the Dark was. It was either late 70s or early 80s, so it might be a contender for uh, Halloween horror or another film down the road. Uh, but he did pass away in 2006, uh, natural causes is what's listed as his cause of death. And as I mentioned before, uh, 82 for Alone in the Dark. So, yeah, his follow-up to Without Warning was mm -hmm. a much better horror film called Alone in the Dark, which, uh, you know, we, we speak kind of off and on about remakes on here, but Alone in the Dark, the original, probably could be a really good remake with the right cast. Because that's what really makes the original interesting is the cast is so good. You got Donald Pleasance, Jack Palance, Martin Landau. It's really, you know... It's, it's good. You know, it could be great, but the cast just elevates it. So if you haven't seen that one, check it out, or just wait till we cover it on the podcast, because we'll get there. But yeah, Martin Landau is Sarge in this film. Uh, most people might know him from Ed Wood when he played Bella Lugosi. Uh, he won the Oscar for that, uh, and the SAG, and the Golden Globe, so Triple Crown that year for that role. He was also in the Hitchcock classic North by Northwest, and most famously are what your parents might know that he played in, depending on your age, I guess. <laughs> if you were born in the 80s, what your parents would know that he was in. He was a regular on the Mission Impossible TV show. Uh, and as I mentioned before, he was also in Alone in the Dark with Jack Balance. And he passed away in 2017 due to heart disease at the age of 89. So he had a good life and a great career that he left behind. And Ed Wood's also a really, that's such a, one of Burton's underrated films and underappreciated. Uh, and definitely a great Halloween watch for the, uh, the shtick, if you get what I'm saying. Uh, the main lead and the beautiful, but didn't do anything of note afterwards, Tara Nutter, unfortunate name, sounds like a porn actress, as Sandy. She did two episodes of Days of Our Lives and two episodes of Eight is Enough. So she's a two episode and a bad sci-fi movie, and she was out for the most part. Uh, Christopher Nelson was Greg. He did a lot of random TV. And then, speaking of the word random, he randomly just did some stunts in RoboCop 3. So uh, mm. very weird career there. But uh, in terms of the other, other cast, aside from the two big names of Palance and Landau, David Caruso, that's right, CSI Miami, wow, dun, dun. 
uh, put on my sunglasses when that happened, uh, when I said that. But uh, David Caruso is Tom, uh, first vet- veteran of the podcast, because he's been First Blood. Uh, and also, uh, speaking of horror movies, Session 9, if you haven't seen that one from, um, I guess, about 10 years ago now, that's a great horror movie. Uh, psychological slash paranormal, maybe, horror. Uh, definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. It has the most epic, like, you know, you have movies where you're like, fuck you. Session 9 has one of the greatest fuck yous in movie history. And you'll know it when you see it, I assure you. In fact, if you just search fuck you, Jif, on your on Facebook or whatever, it usually comes up when you'll see uh, David Caruso doing it. Spoiler alert, he's the one that says uh, Sue Ann Langdon was Aggie. Uh, she's a veteran of the podcast. She was also in UHF. Tons and tons of the OG Nick at Night era television shows. Uh, you know, like Dick Van Dyke, all that, that kind of the 60s, 50s, 60s era. Back when Nick at Night first came out, <laughs> that's what it showed. You know, we're old now, Jesse, because from my understanding, Nick at Night now shows episodes of Friends and the Nanny. <laughs> so mm. uh, Nick at Night is not what it used to be when I say that. But she also started Frankie and Johnny with Elvis. Uh, she's had, she's had a, she had a very, she's still alive, had a very, has a very long career, although I believe she, her last entry of acting was around 1990. So she's, I would assume, happily retired and well-deserved. Uh, but also as a young actress, she was a looker, <whistles> very beautiful lady, uh, and a great character actress, which you don't ha- have too many of those, uh, usually, you know, in terms of a character actress and along the lines of somebody, you know, like, a. uh. Oh, Emmett Walsh or something, you know, a lot of credits, peers and everything, you know, kind of like, oh, who's that person kind of kind of face. And uh, last but certainly not least, the late, great Kevin Peter Hall portrayed the alien in this film. Now, Kevin Peter Hall is known for other roles, such as uh, on the podcast, as in pre play the Predator. So there's your another tie to Predator. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry and the Hendersons. Uh, and he died in 1991, one month short of his 36th birthday due to AIDS related pneumonia. And he actually ended up contracting AIDS from a blood transfusion due to a car accident. So a very unfortunate loss. Uh, but he stood seven. He was famous. Man, he was a tall actor. You know, that's, there's always a demand for tall actors. And he's among the tallest in Hollywood uh, at seven feet, two inches. Uh, same height as Richard Keel, who played Jaws in uh, the Bond films. And, of course, Happy Gilmore, uh, which most people might remember him from. Uh, Andre the Giant was seven foot, four inches. Uh, Matthew McGorry from uh, The Giant and Big Fish and the the Big Brother, whatever, and House of a Thousand Corpses. He passed away not too long ago. Uh, he was 7'6", but the tallest person to ever act was, um, I hope, I'm, I'm going to mispronounce this, but forgive me. Uh, jo- I assume it's pronounced George, but it's spelled really odd. So maybe George Hay Murasan. But he was, speaking of Billy Crystal earlier, he was the giant in the Billy Crystal film, My Giant. And he stands at seven feet seven inches so according to my research my quick google search that is uh he is the tallest actor that has been in terms of actually acting and not just you know like showing up and saying like a line as a appearance kind of thing anyway so yeah without warning i when i when i picked this movie i i thought i had seen it but i honestly if i had to put money on it since i'm an hour from vegas i would have said no Turns out when I was watching it, like, oh, wait, no, I totally seen this. I totally remember this. Uh, so, but I didn't see it in the 80s. I didn't see this movie till probably a few years ago, actually, uh, for the first time. Uh, the main thing I just remembered about it was Jack Palance and the alien things that just, like, stick to you and, like, Minox on uh, Empire Strikes Back, you know, sucking on your blood. Little vampire flesh discs. 
very Cronenbergian, so to speak, in a sense, with body horror, because they like go into you and stuff. But I also remember the alien mask, or the, the look of the alien from this film, because in the early 2000s, there were Spencer's Gifts in the mall, if, they, if you still have a mall and they sell the Spencer's Gifts, the main thing to reason to go there was for drug-related paraphernalia, vibrators in the very back, and the weird selection of crap they had in the front window, which around Halloween would be, they had a couple of alien masks. There were two different alien masks. And one of the alien masks looks exactly like this alien, which I saw that back then. Didn't, I don't know if it was an actual reference or just close enough or nobody cared because nobody cares about without warning, so to speak, if it was a big deal. But yeah, that's, that's my knowledge of this film. But um, the biggest impact of this film, honestly, is the fact that it's pretty much Predator before Predator. Uh, you have an alien who comes to Earth in the woods and hunts people for sport. Um, you have the guy who plays the Predator playing the alien, although, of course, in Predator, Van Damme was actually the original Predator. Uh, he has the bodies hung up on display, which happens in Predator. Uh, you know, he has alien weaponry, and he basically gets killed by being blown up. So there's mm. a lot, a lot of parallels here. Uh, but this is more of like a true kind of more sl like actual slasher kind of alien horror movie. Uh, whereas Predator, arguably, you could, you could argue Predator is a slasher. It's a group of people in a foreign location with no chance of help being knocked off one by one by an invincible being. It's basically a slasher. Um, of course, I wouldn't say that it's a slasher first. I'd say it's an action, but it does have horror elements. That's just me. But uh, Jesse, I don't, I would, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, like I said, I'm an hour from Vegas. So I'm going to, I'm going to spin the roulette wheel and say you have never seen this movie, correct? I have never seen this movie. Aha! You win. And, oh, yeah, nothing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're, you're seeing you're seeing the alien here. But see that? Thing? Oh yeah, Again, I'm visual it reference now. on an audio podcast. The whole movie's available but on YouTube. A, yeah, so just watch it there. Uh, there's no sense in buying paying for it when it's mm -hmm. on YouTube. I don't think people are caring. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, watching it for the first time, I didn't really get. I didn't really even think about the Predator reference because it is different enough and it's cheap enough. Because let's be honest. The original Predator is some of the best effects and one of the best creature designs of all time. Thank you, the late, great Stan Winston, for that. This film's special effects were done in a dude's garage. Uh, although Rick Baker, the great Rick Baker, who would go on to do such things as The Thing, uh, did do the alien in this film. Uh, again, it's basically just a mask and then Annette. Not a, a lady's name or a man's name, but <laughs> in 2022, but a literal net kind of draped over him. Uh, so it's a, the alien looks bad. It definitely look, it looks more like an alien that you'd see from a 50s or 60s film in terms of the design, which in a way works. You know, it's got, it kind of gives it a, a, a different feel to it, so to speak. Watch this blood squirt. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's goofy. It's goofy. Yeah. It, it, you know, I was just going to say it looks OK. And then that happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, it's, it, that's because it's beautifully lit at night because it's Dean Cundy. You know, so it looks good at night. Um, but, uh, you know, it's this movie, the last like 30 minutes or maybe last 20 minutes are kind of the, the funnest part because that's when they're like, they're actually kind of pursuing the alien, kind of like working on the scheme to kill it kind of moment. That's what it really kind of picks up. Uh, it's, it doesn't start off bad. It starts off, well, it starts off really weird because it has a father and a son. And then right before the father gets off, he like points a shotgun at his kid. <laughs> like he's going to shoot him. 
and then just kind of smiles and then like hears something behind him and gets off by the alien. Really odd opening. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, like I said, this is, this is a C tier movie, in my opinion, with again, yeah. C tier on the back end. But I mean, you have some of the greatest. I mean, it, it's a shame because you had two great actors, one who would go on to be a pretty good actor and David Caruso. And oh, Kevin Peter Hall as well as your monster. So you have this is before he did any of the other stuff. But this is a, you know, you have somebody who goes on to play two iconic characters in 80s cinema. And you have Dean Cundy as your cinematographer. And this is what you come up with. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's again, it's a it's a mixed bag uh, overall. However, uh, you know, you know, it's boy, honestly, I guess it's it's a short movie. It's only like maybe like right under 90 minutes. But it's even though it's that short, it still feels like a two hour movie. And that's mainly due to just some completely pointless things happening that make that have no bearing and, uh, you know, definite pacing issue. The cover is badass, by the way. The mm-hmm. cover makes the movie look awesome. <laughs> the movie poster. You're like, whoa, this looks interesting. Nah, sorry. They definitely uh, cleaned up the alien on the cover there to look way better than it does in the movie. Uh, but anyway. You know, it's uh, it's worth one watch if you want to as a curiosity to like, you know, because this had to inspire Predator. This came out six years before it. I mean, it's it's very close. And of course, the story behind Predator was that like, oh, who's Rocky going to fight next? E.T.? Wait a second. A man fighting an alien, which has been since the dawn of cinema, especially in the 50s when the UFO craze, et cetera, et cetera. So this definitely is worth watching just for the Predator connection, I think. And Jack Palance and Martin Landau just eating every bit of scenery up with their performances. It's great. Yeah, they, when they're on screen, it's fun. Because uh, you can, it just, it seems like they were aware of the film they were in and they were, they were just going to play it straight, despite the fact they're looking at this cheesy alien and this dialogue is absolutely terrible. <laughs> that, <laughs> the effects. Oh, God. Yeah, visual uh, but it, things going on here. Yeah. Some of these yeah, scenes. But, uh, you know, what, <laughs> and then they do that thing where like they rewind it and like, you know, it's not edited. It's edited terribly. It's horribly edited because like it blows up and, you know, sometimes you usually get a different shot, but it'll kind of key off right at the same moment as the other one. So it, you know, it's like you're seeing the explosion three times, but it's just like, yeah, different angle, different angle. This one will edit to where like, it's already on the ground. Then it shows it blow up again. Like and the alien fall down again <laughs> after it's already down, you know, just, just, just amateur, amateur stuff on that regard, which again, when you look at the director and the writers, uh, I mean, none of these people did anything of note except Bennett Tramer did Say by the Bell. Uh, but you have a movie that looks good, thanks to Dean Cundy. That's the only reason technically this movie looks good, let's be honest. And then again, the cast, the cast sells it. But does it sell it enough to go out and, you know, rent it on Amazon? No, it, it sells it enough to where it's free on YouTube. If it, you find it free on any streaming services, I would say it is worth a watch, you know, and then watch Predator afterwards <laughs> or watch Ed Wood or Alone in the Dark. If you want to watch a good movie with Jack Palance and Martin Landau and extra extra bonus having Donald Pleasance in it, thinking of the Halloween connection. But yeah, it's it's just a it's just a you know, it's a it's a well done. Well acted for the most part, there's a caveat there movie, but it's, you know, an 81, an 80, a movie that's less than 90 minutes shouldn't feel boring. It should move. Because you've got a limited amount of time to do it, pretty much. So, but this one doesn't. And that's a big part of it, uh, as well as the stuff I mentioned before. So, 
Anyway, as I said, some trivia, some behind-the-scenes info on the film. Uh, it was made for a measly $150,000. Of that, half of the budget, $75,000 alone, went just to Jack Pounce and Martin Landau as their salaries, and it only took three weeks to film the movie. Now, that left them with $75,000 for everything else. All the other actors, Dean Condy, I'm not sure how much he charged, uh, but the alien head, as I mentioned, was created by Rick Baker. And according to the uh, producer and writer, Daniel Grodnick, it cost them $19,000 to have Rick Baker in his kitchen make that alien head. And it was used on all the posters and everything else. So a direct quote from him was that it was worth it. But now you take that out of 75000 So you're left with what? 55000 roughly, rounding up, uh, for everything else, including Dean Cundy <laughs> and your special effects, all that stuff. So you can you can definitely see where the money having that in mind, you can see where the money went like on screen, literally. Uh, so I'm hoping Cundy got a nice chunk <laughs> for that, though. Uh, but uh, he optioned the, the originally Dan Gronick, one of the writers and producers, he optioned the script in 78 and hired Ben Tramer to do a rewrite. Halfway through the script, Tramer went to Gronick and told him he had an epiphany. He couldn't finish the sci fi script because he just realized that he was a comedy writer. So when it came time to list the credits on screen, he asked Tramer if he wanted his credit to read Bennett Tramer or Ben Tramer or whatever. And because Tramer was trying to break into comedy writing, he felt putting his name on the film wasn't a good idea. So he's credited in this film as Ben Nett. Get it, Bennett? Ben Nett. Uh, Grodnick explained to Tramer, who had no credits at the time, even though even, that even the great director, Robert Wise, who directed The Sound of Music and West Side Story, started off with a horror film entitled The Curse of the Cat People. And that didn't hurt his career, but Tramer was adamant that the film credited him as Ben Nett. So you see Ben Nett in the credits, but it is, in fact, Bennett Tramer. Uh, the extreme close-up shots of the flying creatures digging into various people, which you see a lot every time somebody dies. You, <laughs> in the minute of film that this person dies, 30 seconds of it is close-ups of the alien things worming their way into their bodies, which the first couple of times is pretty disturbing, but then you're just like, oh, okay. You're expecting it. It's not as shocking. Uh, but those were done by a three-person crew in the director's garage. And speaking of the director, he doubled both Jack Palance and Landau in long shots in which they either run or walk towards the alien. alien. So in that last shot where the aliens stay just standing there like a doofus next to the uh, shed rigged with explosives, and Jack Palance takes off from the front shot, and then the, it's a back shot of him running towards the alien, that's actually the director and not Jack Palance. And if you're a if you're a biologist and you thought and you thought you heard this, you're correct because just before it gets blown up, the only sound the alien makes is identical to that of an elephant. So if you're watching this, like that sounds like an elephant, you are 100 percent correct. The alien in this movie screams like an elephant. Uh, score wise, it gets one point for Jack Palance, one point for Martin Landau, one point for David Caruso, and one point for Dean Cundy. So I give it a four out of ten. Uh, it's again, it's, you know, that, that is a low score, especially on this podcast, but I'm trying to also be a little fairer in the reviews. I've noticed there's no nostalgia to me for this film. You've only, I've, I want to say I've only seen it two times. Uh, and again, it's worth a watch, but it's, you know, it's not good. It's, uh, but it, it has, it's, it has sparks of fun in it that make it keep it kept my interest just enough to get through it. Uh, not just because I had to do the podcast, because I have seen it before, like I mentioned. Uh, 
Uh, so, but yeah, in the real world, it released September 9th. Oh, actually, ah, totally forgot, Jesse, because <laughs> I didn't put it in my notes. But you know, the, the alien in this film, he doesn't have any hair. So I'm willing to bet this alien uses Manscaped. Proud sponsor of 80s Revisited to keep all those hairs, alien or human, off you with the Manscaped uh, lawnmower package for, uh, 4.0. Uh, of course, uh, use the code REVISITED at checkout. You get 20% off and free shipping. And as we mentioned before, it's worth it alone just for the Weed Whacker nose trimmer. That thing is a beast. Can't speak highly enough about it. In fact, after the podcast, I'm going to go clean my nostrils. So. So don't forget, again, Manscaped, check out, use the code REVISITED, save 20%, and get free shipping, which this day and age in a post-COVID world, believe me, you want free shipping yeah. <laughs> on everything you can get. Uh, but anyway, back to the podcast. For uh, in the real world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one does I got that. Amazon Prime. I don't, I, don't, I don't have to pay for shipping. <laughs> and you got the code. It, it, yeah. Exactly. It's easy. Yep. It's R-E-V-I-S. IT. Had to yeah, be yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Did I misspell it's the it? normal no. way. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no whys or anything. Yeah. You know, it's not, oh, yeah. It's, uh, my podcast is 80s Revisited with a Z. Wait, actually, 80s. Okay, that's the wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah it's 80s We're Revisited with, with an X. Yeah. <laughs> either way, either, either one works. <laughs> so, anyway, September 19th, 1980 is when it came out. And in the real world, on September 22nd, three days later, the command council of Iraq orders its army to, quote, deliver its fatal blow on Iranian military targets, which initiated the Iran-Iraq war. Uh, it seems like it never ended because Middle East is always a hotbed of violent activity. And so are the streets of America these days, too. So not too much different. Uh, just, I guess, the, the, the dominant religion is the only thing different between us and the Middle East in a, in a sense. Uh, and then born September 13th, a few, uh, week before this film came out, Ben Savage, brother of Fred Savage, now disgraced Fred Savage from inappropriate comments made on the set of a movie or something recently I read. Uh, but Ben Savage, he was, uh, what was he, uh, that Boy Meets World. He was the lead in that. So that's, that's his claim to fame. That's all I know of him. Uh, and then September 25th, T.I., rap artist, film, music producer, actor, and author who also got in some trouble, I think, recently due to some comments or uh actions against the fair sex so to speak but of course you know i guess ti thought he could do whatever he liked wow david caruso <laughs> uh, just add, add that in jesse if you think about it <laughs> <All right, laughs> yeah. yeah anyway it's not funny if i gotta tell you so just leave it it's fine but yeah so that <laughs> kind of places in it oh uh oh shouldn't the, most importantly or most notable i should say six days after without warning uh john bonham the drummer for led zeppelin Passed away. So I believe, I think the bassist is also dead in Led Zeppelin. I think it's just Page and Plant, I th think. But I think Bonham was the first of the supergroup, the legendary Led Zeppelin, to pass away. Back to the Future this week, I did get a few things watched, mainly because my a sequel to my wife's, one of her favorite spooky movies alive. came out. <laughs> oh, he is. Never mind. I just don't know his name. Sorry, bass player for Led John Zeppelin. John Paul Jones. Oh, wait, I do know it. Yeah, because it's the same. I, I, I did know that. Now that I, you told me his name, of course, because it's the same name as that uh, Revolutionary War captain who shouted from the bow of his ship, I have not yet begun to fight. Actually, he said it like this in an English accent because they were yeah. English, fighting English. <laughs> I've not yet begun to fight. Don't forget that. It's funny how in every American movie about the Revolutionary <laughs> War, 
we all speak American. And we were all English. Yeah. <laughs> Funny how that works out. Uh, but anyway, but uh, yeah, as I was saying, Hocus Pocus 2. Jesse, did you watch this masterpiece of cinema? No, I did not. Oh, you lucky bastard. Uh, <laughs> no, to be honest, uh, you know, Hocus Pocus, I, I saw it when I was a kid. It was fine. It, it wasn't, you know, that was, it came out in like 92 or, you know, early 90s, I think. So it was, it wasn't kind of, I, at that point I was in my teenage years or close to them at least. So it was like, yeah, it's stupid. I don't watch kids movies anymore. You know, as you are when you're a, a pre a early teenager, uh, finding your way through the world. So there's no nostalgia for me for the original Hocus Pocus. Uh, also, let's be honest, young boys were not the demographic for Hocus Pocus necessarily uh, back in the day. But the sequel, honestly, it, I'm, 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 I will ne- it's always an awesome thing for a legacy sequel to come out because there pe- that means there were enough people who liked it and treasured the original for it to happen. That's a great thing, you know. But uh, in the movie, honestly, it wasn't terrible, but uh, it was very kind of Disney Channel-ish, if that makes any sense. Uh, but the, um, the acting was great. I mean, obviously you got, uh, almost said Ben Stiller, mm. <laughs> Bette Midler, you got Bette Midler, uh, Kathy and Jimmy and, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, you know, all reprising their roles, which is great. They got the original cast back. That's great. But honestly, my biggest complaint with this film is that there's musical numbers in it, which caught me completely off guard. Wow. Like, I'm like, wait, this is still going on. This is like a, a full, there's, I want to say there's like two legit musical numbers in it. Which, I mean, Bette Midler is a, a very accomplished singer, but it's covers of, like, uh, One Way or the Other by Blondie, and then uh, instead of The Bitch's Back, it's The Witch's Back by Elton John. Uh, and it's just, like, it's just weird. I was just like, wait, is this a musical? <laughs> and like, okay, well, it's not. Okay, that was a one-off. Okay, whatever, that's weird. And they do it again. So uh, I just found that a little odd <laughs> for me. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it, it, it's fine. You know, any any time there's a spooky movie releasing in October, no matter what it is, for the most part, I'm going to probably watch it uh, because, you know, it's hollow. It's the spooky season. New horror movies coming out. Want to watch it. Uh, so there you go. So if, you, if you're a fan of the original, you'll probably find stuff to like here. Uh, if you're a casual person who knows of the original, eh, why, once I get out of the pharmacy, you can turn it off. The pharmacy scene was pretty funny. There was a couple of uh, jokes in there that I found to be pretty entertaining, but the movie doesn't keep that tone. Uh, but it's still, you know, again, it's a, for people who like the original, there's a lot to like there, I'm assuming. Uh, Autumn thought it was okay, but she ended up actually being on her phone a lot of the time through it. So <laughs> I guess I was the one actually watching it. Uh, speaking of horror movies, I did see another one called Dash Cam. Now, there were two, there are two movies that came out last year called Dash Cam. The one I'm talking about uh, stars this MAGA girl uh, who does a, sh- her, a streaming show from her car, not the one where this dude's editing footage. Uh, so there's two of them. The one I'm talking about is called Dashcam 2001, and it stars, it's directed by Rob Savage. I wonder if he's related to Fred Savage and Ben Savage. Um, and don't watch it. <laughs> uh, the, lead, the lead character, the girl in it, uh, her character, the character of this girl is one of the most despicable people I've ever seen in a movie. Like, spoiler alert. So if you, if you're, if you are interested in see it, seeing it, turn it off right now. She doesn't die. And that pissed me off. I want, you know, now, uh, does it, does it, am I, oh, listen, listen to this misogynist saying he wants a girl to, girl to die. No, 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 no. I'm saying in the confines of this movie, this character, regardless of gender, 
or religion or anything like that is so despicable. You want what happens in the film to happen to her because she is. I mean, maybe that's the like, horror I, part I of it is that she doesn't die. <laughs> maybe it is because you're waiting and just wanting it to happen and it never happens. Uh, but it like I don't <laughs> even uh, first review on IMDb. Even Jesus can't fix this. <laughs> oh, look, and the next one, I hate her. The next review, most irritating main character of all time. There, see, I'm not crazy. Would have been better if the lead died in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> there is a moment early wow. on where I thought she did die. I was like, oh, thank God. Like, okay, now I can enjoy the movie. But uh, the, her character. character <laughs> her character wow. is like, so it, it takes place during the pandemic. So the whole time she's talking about like, has the word slave written on her mask and talking about how like, Masking is stupid and COVID is fake and like a bunch of bullshit, to be honest. Woo, woo, political alert. So if you gave this podcast one star and you're still listening because you're a fake fan, uh, Jesus can't fix you. It's got a, it's got a character. <laughs> <laughs> this movie has a character that you're going to love that fits a lo- directly in line with your ideology. And you're like, oh, I don't see why people hated this movie. They just hate it because she's speaking the truth. No, no, this person is terrible. And I'm not saying, and, and listen, she's not just terrible because of complete disregard for public safety. What? I mean, she steals her friend, her friend's car, hijacks his job. And I mean, it's just ter- absolutely despicable character. So yeah, dash cam 2021, uh, with directed by Rob Savage or whatever the name was. Yeah. Uh, only it's found footage, by the way. So if you don't like found footage, you're not going to like it anyway. Uh, but it's by the same guy who did that movie last year. Uh, host but it was the one where it was the it was just the four girls on the webcam Mm. this is his follow-up to that so he specializes in found footage kind of stuff and and honestly this movie is a lot like that movie chronicle from a few years ago yeah with the superhero kids which which was great i thought chronicle was awesome it handled the found footage stuff really well this one is like okay it's found footage and they're running from something but they keep the light on the phone on so we can see everything while they're hiding. <laughs> so it's, you know, it, it's, it, you know, and I understand why, because it's a movie, but you well, know, if you're trying creative. to go for this, Come on. yeah, like think of something else or, mm-hmm. you know, just have it in the dark when they're hiding and you just hear it rely on yeah. the other senses or use backlight know? or something. I don't know. It just anything, just make it different. But uh, yeah, again, like honestly, and, and here's the, here's the main thing, like the horror that happens in the film is completely like separated from the disgustingness of the main character. So either the director is trying to say something with the main character to make a character worse than anything that you see in the movie. And maybe it's a statement on that. I don't know. Or maybe that's his political stance and it just completely backfired in his face because it is so stinking terrible. This character is so terrible. Seriously, like honestly, like when you like those reviews are right. If you want to see the most despicable character in film history that you just despise, watch this movie. And somehow, mm. somehow, this stupid idiot makes it out of these situations, <laughs> infuriating me. Uh, so yeah, but how speaking, you know, there's there's good and there's yin and yang in the world. So to balance out uh, the mediocre hocus pocus to the the media, the half good, half, or half terrible, half interesting dash cam. Uh, I did start watching a new a series, a, a show that is actually, I didn't know this, it's a spinoff of what we do in Shadows, and it's called Wellington Paranormal, and it's basically following two cops in the same style of uh, what we do in Shadows in 
the I'm not sure if it's a district, whatever it's called in New Zealand, uh, where they work. But it's got it's that same kind of like you know camera crew following them around. It is fantastic. Only two episodes in, it definitely has that same kind of office slash Parks and Rec slash what we do in Shadows vibe to it. Hmm. But it's it's got you know it's 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 made in New Zealand. It's a New Zealand show, and I think uh, HBO Max picked it up. Uh, but it is hilarious. It's that same kind of off kilter bit of humor. The leads are a net, but playing, but they think they're really good at what they do. Uh, so if you like a, if you like what we do in shadows and you're, you've watched every episode and the new season ended a couple weeks ago, check out Wellington paranormal. It's great. Uh, absolutely entertaining. Really, really enjoyed it personally. So, uh, if your tastes into a line with mine, Wellington paranormal is good for you. Uh, but Jesse, did you have, uh, see anything new, do anything new, play anything new, listen to anything new recently? Uh, nothing crazy. When you mentioned Wellington Paranormal, which I'm definitely going to check out. Um, God, there was a new TV show. Uh, I've just thought of it as you said it. And, um, what's that guy? This guy, he's in this new show. Keegan, Michael Key. Let's see. What's it called? Oh, what'd you think of the Super Mario Brothers movie trailer? Oh, the trailer. Honestly, it looked awesome. Yeah, it looked awesome. I mean, my, my, uh, feedback pretty much is in line with the rest of the internet is like the voice the voice of mario is kind of amp but it's it's gonna be fine um yeah but everything else looked great jack black as bowser was awesome and oh uh, honestly yeah. the to me what, what's gonna sell me on not dwelling on chris pratt bringing Mar- being mario charlie day is luigi <laughs> yeah i know and, and, that, you and, get that, and honestly a small taste of his voice in the chair. yeah and yeah. and honestly, that's perfect. <laughs> that's you know that you know okay. If you're gonna I'm, change I'm, you it know, up, may as well oh, do it all. Look, I'm 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 a quarter Italian, you know, and I don't. Hey, it's a me, a Trey, doing a podcast. Yeah, you know, no, like I mean, so it's it's fine. <laughs> you know, at first it's like, oh, why, why not get somebody? You know, Mario, one of his biggest things, you know, which is catchphrase. It's a me, Mario. You know, so that's kind of you know that's iconic. Well, but when you look back on it, in any form of media except some of the cartoons, he's never had an accent. Captain Lou Albano was Mario. <laughs> and believe me, he didn't try to talk Italian. And neither did, uh, I mean, Bob Hoskins is English. So we had an English kind of, an, an Englishman speaking in an American accent, Mario, kind of. You know, so think, it's really, you know, it's, I think ahead, people sorry. are just overdosed on Chris Pratt. Um, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. But I mean, I think they would have been more willing fine. to accept some other actor for it. But, you know, they were like, well, mm-hmm. we got to get Pratt. Pratt equals cash. So. But um, he's a good voice. I mean, he's got a good acting voice. You know, he, he's like in the Lego movies. He's great in that. But oh, yeah. Fits that great voice. because he's like super excited and everything like that. But this is like Mario. I don't know if he's super excited. I mean, he should be super excited for what he could do. Yeah. But I, I'm, I mean, I just see him being like a fish out of water type of story or something. At least that's yeah, how the, that's what it seemed the, like. The, yeah. He's like, you never heard of Mushroom Land? Wait. OK, so we're getting origin stories here. Yeah, so, Mario Origins. Yeah, so it won't be Lego guy waking up in the city he's always been in and going, yeah, everything is awesome. Um, it's going to be like, what is this? Why am I on mushrooms? You know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I'm excited for it, though. It looks great. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Keegan-Michael Key, he's in this show called Reboot. And I'm normally not a fan of these kind of shows. This is like modern family style. It's by the, one of the people that made that. Um, but the writing's really good. And so that's what's hmm. kept me watching a few episodes is that just the jokes are hitting. 
And um, that's the most important thing for a comedy. Is yeah, the jokes and, and hit. what it's a and the title caught me because I was like, oh, did they remake that? Oh, that's a CPU show or that? Uh, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna make that joke. Like, oh, so is he a dot matrix? Or, uh, <laughs> yeah. The, you know, uh, well, that's what I can't remember. Watch watch I remember first. dot. That's it. <laughs> yeah, but this is uh, on Hulu, and it's about a show a sitcom from the '90s, like your typical sitcom. They decided to reboot it, and the person that's show running it is like, writes like horror and weird <laughs> shit. So, but you know, she has her own reasons for wanting to reboot this because it starts off with that meeting at the beginning. It's like, why do you want to reboot this show? And she's like, oh, I think I could take it into a new direction. He's like, aren't you known for all this weird stuff? Um, so yeah, it goes from there. But you know, she has her own reasons for doing it, and the. Uh, yeah, it just caught me off guard. I, every time I see a new show, I give it like one episode to watch, you know, while I'm doing other yeah. things. At this time, I was rearranging my board games. And uh, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll turn this on while I do this. You know, I'm not really invested in it. Um, but yeah, I was It's got surprised. a good cast. Yeah, it's got a pretty stacked cast. Uh, Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville, Judy Greer. Yeah. Paul Reiser. Rachel Bloom. Yeah, Paul Reiser. Yeah, there's, I mean, some of the jokes in it are kind of like, okay, we've seen that before, but um, mm-hmm. they're, they're mixing young people with old people, and, you know, we're at that time where that's definitely going to happen, where the old, you know, the 70-plus Jewish writing room meets the 20-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's yeah. some of the thing that's happening in this, you know, because uh, she gets, you know, the, the new young person that's running the show gets into it with the old person that ran the old show and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it was, uh, as if family matters was rebooted today and. Oh, wow. You know, by, uh, someone. Well, speaking of family matters, have you, have you seen that skit on key and peel with, uh, family matters? I don't think I did. Okay. After the podcast, you have to watch it. You have to watch it. Just key and peel family matters. It, it Oh my God. It's Jordan Peele <laughs> as, uh, Carl Winslow. And Keegan is like the the executive, like, and Carl, Carl Carl's like this Urko kid. He's still in the show. It's supposed to be my show. And the the, the exec, you, you'll see. I, I don't want to ruin it for you. It's 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 a fantastic skit. It's uh, funny Key that and, Key and Peele has been off the air for so long, but I feel like it's still on because I'm still discovering new things from it. Exactly, <laughs> like for real. It's like have y'all been like keeping it in the vault and just slowly leaking them out or something? <laughs> What's going on here? Something. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll definitely anyway. check it out. Yeah. But, uh, anything else that you, anything new? Uh, nah, nah, that's, that's about it. I believe. Gotcha. Well, today's a big day too, though, in terms of releases. Cause, um, werewolf by night came out on Disney plus in the MCU. And then also more importantly on Hulu, another remote, uh, remote, oh, I said remote, uh, reboot slash remake. The new Hellraiser premiered or came out at midnight last night. I haven't watched it yet. Gonna be watching it tonight. You bet your butt on that. So we'll talk about that next week. But uh, looks pretty damn good. But as we know, trailers can be deceiving. I mean, we're at the point now with Marvel is like, I'm not even aware when things are coming out anymore. <laughs> I had no idea. The this movies, was a that's thing. like the only thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm so far behind. I don't, I haven't watched, but like one episode of She-Hulk, like two episodes of that other one with Miss Marvel or something like that. Marvel something. That's the one I haven't seen anything on. Yeah, uh, I'm just so far. It, it was, it, that was coming on along. Uh, uh, that came out like the same time as Kenobi. 
Mm-hmm. So every time I turn on Disney Plus, I didn't care. It was just Kenobi and you know getting through that, and then I keep forgetting that I need to go back and watch Miss Marvel. Oh man! But uh, all right, it's already been spoiled the end, so I kind of feel like I don't necessarily need to at least until she's going to be in I you know, before the Marvels movie. Okay, well, I ain't going to say so, anything. <laughs> I mean, but then again, it's if I do get spoiled, it's my fault. I haven't watched it. <laughs> yep, that's that. That, that is. I mean, true. to be fair, I've that's, never seen The Sixth Sense either. But I know what happens. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's such a big that. movie. You know that. Well, people I mean, tell it, me you know, it's the still ending. worth watching. That's what people say. It you know? is, but I mean, it takes away from it. You know, it's it's one of those movies. The first time you watch it is like under. It, it's not. It's unrepeatable. Yeah, like I mean that feeling. Uh, even though I figured it out, wink, wink. But uh, <laughs> Papa's uh, toot my own horn, uh, toot toot. Uh, but anyway, just teasing. Uh, but you know, like. Uh, I'm trying to get another movie like uh, Empire Strikes Back. Of course, the first time you watch it, like, oh shit, he's his dad. Mm-hmm. But every time I still watch it, it still like gives you know I still I still get close to that, you know. But mm-hmm. Sixth Sense, I've 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 saw it in the theater, and I think I watched it once on DVD when it came out, and that's it. But yeah, I mean, it was nominated for Best Picture, so I mean, it's still a great movie, yeah. even if you know the twist. But it's definitely one of those, you know, and especially with M Night's catalog, you know, there he has better. Well, not necessarily better movies in terms of how they're made. Even though I think Unbreakable is his masterpiece, that's just me. But uh, you know, it's just one of the. It's, it's like and it's like Scream, the first Scream too. You know, once you know who the killers are, it's different when you watch it again. It's still fun, it's still a fun movie, but it's not the same when in in that regard when you know that big of a twist that is so well done until the last you know ten seconds. Mm-hmm. Unless you're paying attention, and he stares right at Bruce Willis and says, "They don't eat. Some people don't even know they're dead." I'm like, Wait, <laughs> what? Because it's in the movie. If you're paying attention, close enough attention. But uh, just teasing, because Unbreakable was pretty like on the nose, and I I totally didn't even think about that till the end, till they spelled it out for me. Uh, so you win some, you lose some. Yeah, Shyamalan knows that a lot. <laughs> he's still going at it too. He just put out a new trailer for uh, the Batista yeah, movie. Yeah, got a new one. Yeah, um, it looks interesting. Knock at the cabin. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen old. And, uh, oh, I haven't. Well, I, I like Shyamalan. Uh, I mean, of course, he did Ava- Avatar and uh, After Earth are terrible, but uh, the visit. I mean, the visit was great. Uh, I liked Glass and. Uh, oh, of course, most people like Split, but I thought Glass was. You know, I, I thought it was good. It was different from. You know, we're, we're so inundated with superhero movies, mm-hmm. especially Marvel, because they're so damn formulaic. Uh, you know, but they're going to like Call of Duty. They're going to make them till people stop watching them. Yeah. <laughs> so we're stuck. We're stuck with this until that happens. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we did get an email from our good friend, Ben Wyatt. Uh, ben, uh, of course, Doomslayer, a.k.a. Doomslayer. He says, hey, friends, Cody and I watched this the other day talking about without warning. And we didn't hate it, but found it disappointing. The poster looks cool. Agreed. The alien standing, the alien standing there menacing the first time reminded me of that scene from Signs. You know the scene. Absolutely. Uh, the biggest letdown was due to the uh, ropey effects of the flying starfish things. Yeah. And that as soon as they would cool. land on someone that isn't Jack Palance, they would immediately become unable to even try to get them off. Hundred percent. Because like people, they get on people and they're just like ah, and they're dead. And then Palance is like, Ugh, and he just pulls out. He slowly pulls out a knife and cuts them off. And then there's even one scene at the end which further illustrates Ben's point. It's like he gets hit and he falls down like he's dead, and he's like, it's up to you now. <laughs> and then 
it, it cuts away and then it cuts back to him. He just sits up and cuts it off. <laughs> like, everybody else is dead for these things. But uh, ex- uh, absolutely on the nose point there, Ben. Uh, he says, I was genuinely shocked when the younger guy killed later in the film because I totally thought that uh, this was, that was just a girl having a nightmare, which is a good point, too, because they show her have a nightmare and then it, it happens. So, like, you don't you're kind of in that questioning moment, like, is this a dream kind of thing? But it was fun to see young David Caruso in short shorts. And it was cool to see the actor with a big mustache in the opening sequence. Uh, when I mentioned that earlier, that's the son in that scene. Uh, not S-U-N, but S-O-N. He's not playing a star of our solar system. Uh, because he plays the lead in Malibu Express, the same director and production company as, of course, what film we covered here on the podcast, and one of Ben's favorites, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Uh, we watched it on Tubi, and it only had 45-second ad breaks. So if you have a VPN, maybe try changing to Australia next time you use it. Uh, I'll talk to you later, guys. You too. Always a pleasure, Ben. <laughs> Keep it up. Good to hear from you. Uh, so yeah, there you go. There's without warning the first episode of our W horror fantastic hootenanny. Fantastic doesn't fit in that description, so just we'll edit that one out. No, we won't. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, ne- uh, of course, email if you want to hit send us an email like our good friend Ben did. Eighties revisited at gmail dot com on Facebook. Eighties revisited podcast on Instagram. Eight zero s underscore revisited. Uh, and then, of course, our friends far and away, uh, John with uh, Cajun Toy Review. And he just started a new podcast, uh, Two Old Cajuns. Shit, I can't remember the rest of it, John. Sorry. <laughs> <One> <laughs> I'll correct it for next time. Uh, <laughs> uh, two Old Cajuns, One Crawfish Posh. Yeah? That's all it takes. That's what it takes here, man. Uh, yeah, but he's got a new podcast now. Uh, glad to see John back in the podcast world. And, of course... Uh, ben, uh, Doomslayer Wyatt down in Tasmania, kicking ass and taking names in TCW. Check out TCW and give Doomslayer a like on YouTube and all those other forms of social media. And leave a review if you'd like. If you saw Dash Cam and thought that lead actress was a pinnacle of what it means to be an American, go ahead, rate us <laughs> one star, and make sure you say that in the review so everybody knows how stupid your opinion is. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't fathom somebody, even if you're a MAGA, like a MAGA head, thinking that this girl is a good person. It's, she's that terrible that even MAGA people should be disgusted to be associated with her. But then again, you know, they're sharing <laughs> pictures of Donald Trump with a Q on his chest. Uh, so that tells you a lot about that. Anyway, anyway, the horror continues next week, everybody, as we talk, uh, talk about a movie that. Honestly, spoiler alert, it's, I still find kind of creepy. still kind of works. I remember seeing it for the first time, and it creeped me out. And honestly, watching it uh, a couple weeks ago and not even knowing what I was doing on the podcast yet, still, still pretty interesting. And that film, of course, is Witchboard. So break out your Ouija boards for next week. Commune with the spirits, and we'll talk to you then. So until next time, I remain Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Use code REVISITED to check out a Manscaped for 20% off and free shipping. Cowabunga!